Standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Orville and Christopher Dean. Alex Villado. It takes a lot to make him happy, and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely. She's got a hit. Yes! Sally Stable, 132.67, has won at least the medal. She's 0.24 up. You beauties! On the ice with a gimlet. A gimlet Yes, everybody, welcome back to Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast. What a fantastic new introduction that one is, really getting you into the flavour of all things wintry and winter Olympics. And we're back, we're back for a brand new episode, and it's not an interview, you're probably a bit disappointed, you're like, oh, they've got the same bolt on. No, uh, we're back for an even better interview, because for the first time since the Rio Olympics, I can collectively say that all three of us are here together talking about what we love to talk about the most, that is the Olympics and other multi-sport events. Uh, so you haven't heard one person's voice on this show in a good seven, eight months, however long it's been since August 2016, from the plains of Emu, it's Jared Luby. Jared, welcome back. It's great to be back. We've got our own, um, I mean, we could form our own curling team, a curling team's teams of three, I don't know, really, um, shows how much interest i have in the winter olympics um but it is great to be back <laughs> well i know one man definitely we know how many people are on a curling team i think it might be four let's confirm that colin hilding from canada colin welcome back uh, i think the correct answer is five oh. because that's one sport where the coach the coach definitely counts as a member of the team wow wow so we just need two more people is that basically what we're saying okay <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we, we, we will definitely try. Catherine Skinner, of course, from our interview, she's on board to, to curl, so we can get her on board, you know, an Olympic gold medalist in a different sport. But uh, anybody listening, you want to be the fifth member of the uh, Australian-Canadian national curling team, um, then shoot us a message. We'll gladly start it up. But it's exciting to have everyone back. We're here, obviously, to kind of give that long overdue episode where we've been saying at the end of every one of our recent interviews, oh, coming soon, we've got an interview, an episode where we're all talking about the Winter Olympics. And here it is. Uh, we finally have got it together. We're going to be focusing a lot on uh, the 2018 Pyeongchang Games, which are now less than a year away. We'll also give a bit of an update on some other Olympic things that have happened since we last talked and probably even mention the Commonwealth Games as well because that's something that we're looking at covering. Colin, I want to start with you quickly. You and I have been busy getting some interviews done. You've even done a couple during the week, actually, that will be being aired very, very soon. It's been a, it's been a bit of fun, hasn't it? Us uh, being able to catch up with uh, these people that are that are maybe a bit better at athletic sporty things than we are. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot better. That would be the better way to say it. I, mean, I, I, I keep talking to these athletes and wanting to identify with them, and then, you know, they'll go through they're bad days of training and it's twice as of what I could do on my best day of running or anything else. So I'm kind of pathetic compared to them, but 
I mean, it is great to be able to talk to a lot of these. Like, people should go back and listen to some of these interviews we've had, and definitely listen to the ones coming up because we're transitioning now, as we have with our opening theme. Wasn't that a great opening theme? Amazing. I can't remember what the song is now. Yeah, so but, it's uh, Gangnam <laughs> Style, the only Korean song that I think anybody knows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as we all let's touch on that for a second, as we are all. <laughs> brainstorm but what did we use the theme song and i'm trying to think, think of myself is there anything else that's korean and then ben just shoots it through one day here's the new theme and i'm like all right he went there okay but we deserve credit it's appropriate yeah um, exactly but yeah we're, we're transitioning to a uh, winter olympics theme we've got a winter olympics episode here we have winter olympics interviews coming up you know particularly the ones that are recorded this week which is in my favorite sport moguls so yeah, we're going to have lots to talk about. And some of the athletes that are coming on here now have been in Pyeongchang in the last couple months, you know, just testing out these facilities on the World Cup circuit. And that's been really interesting to hear about. And let, let's be honest. I think we can all put a safe amount of money on the fact that Sai will perform at either the opening or closing ceremonies at Pyeongchang 2018. Um, so, but between between Sai uh, and, uh, I don't know, Team America's... Uh, Kim Jong-un or Il, you know, and he's North Korean. I, I really don't know any other singers from North Korea that we've had in popular culture in the last, you know, 15 or so years. So, hey, Like, there'll be a huge K-pop medley there. Of like, course. we know that's going to be in this area. Yes, well, I mean, my one of my very good friends, actually, she's literally about to move to South Korea, and she's incredibly into K-pop, so if she listened to this, she's throwing stuff at the speakers, going, you don't know these bands, Ben, I've tried to educate you, um, and I'll be honest, some of them are very catchy, so I could have gone with one of them, but then everybody knows Psy, everybody knows Gangnam Style, Jared, I guarantee you, you have Psy on your, uh, like your iPod or whatever digital device you listen to music on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's always cranking in the car, um, <laughs> trying to do the actions while driving, slightly dangerous. Um, but, I mean, it's worth it. You have to dance when you hear that song. Absolutely. And if people listened to our intro and didn't, then I'd be disappointed. Jared, I mean, are you are you, you kind of sounded like then that you might not be that much of a fan of the Winter Olympics. I don't know if this is something we've really touched on too much uh, on Off the Podium. I know Colin clearly is uh, a fan of the Winter Olympics. He's Canadian. It's born into him. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Winter Olympics. Uh, where, where do you you stand on them uh, i feel like my fandom is increasing uh, i think probably vancouver was probably the first games that i probably watched more re- religiously um than others uh, but i just love the winter olympics for more so the funny moments i mean your stephen bradbury moments of um I don't know, unexpected winners or just people doing stupid things and wiping out, um, not necessarily people getting hurt. You kind of have to temper that reaction to wait to see if they're okay and then you start laughing at them. Uh, but I just love those moments of wipeouts and just stupid mistakes and um, people's dreams being crushed, really. So, so Jared, you basically watch the Winter Olympics to turn it into, like, Australia's Funniest Home Videos, essentially. You put the funny sound effects in the background <laughs> and, the, and the silly commentary over the top of them. Exactly. I'm just going to ski down this mountain. Oops. <laughs> I, we really have to do a live commentary at some point. I mean, we, we talked about potentially doing that in Rio, but of course we launched this show with about 24 hours notice before the Rio game started. <laughs> but like, we have to do a live commentary and we'll just have like some music playing in the background. <laughs> Get the Benny Hill theme going in the background. It's... um. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I mean, look, I just 
the Winter Olympics to me, I've always kind of had a, a bit more of a thing than them, uh, than the summer games. And I, you know how obsessed I am with the summer ones, but I just enjoy seeing these sports that really just get no coverage in Australia at all. I mean, you know, I think this is where Colin's really getting into his element because we kind of had that through Rio when, you know, we joked about, Oh, Canada got fifth today. That's a win for Canada. Whereas, you know, obviously when we cover these next year, it's kind of like, Oh, we only got a bronze. This is so disappointing for Canada. This is not good enough. Whereas Australia would be like, bronze! Yes! Yeah, street parade for Australia! Um, and I just, I love being able to see, uh, just, you know, I'm a huge ice hockey fan, obviously. That's something we'll talk about, uh, very soon with some news with that. And just everything else that comes between it. I mean, things like the skeleton. I mean, that is just the craziest sport. Uh, whoever thought, hey, let's put somebody face forward down a sled di- down a giant tube of ice, you know, something fun. And then you look at things like bobsled. Obviously, you know, uh, cool runnings for Australia is like, not just here, it was a big movie all around the world, but I mean, that was pretty much for a lot of Australians our first exposure to something like bobsled. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine, Colin, what, what's it like in Canada in the lead-up to a Winter Olympics? Here I am trying to get excited for it, and we only hear about in Australia like an hour after the opening ceremony has started. Oh, everybody, the Winter Olympics are on, whereas you've probably got some countdown clock in every city in Canada right now. Yeah, well, I mean, every Saturday and Sunday on CBC, our you know Olympics network here, they have probably two to four hours of coverage, you know, two to four hours Saturday, two to four hours Sunday. And it'll just go like cycle through different Olympic sports. You know, you'll be watching speed skating for two hours and then it'll jump to moguls. And then the next day it'll be figure skating for two hours and then it'll jump to bobsled and skeleton. So, I mean, it's on all the time. I honestly don't even have, it's on enough here that I don't have time to keep up with it all. And I basically can only keep up with maybe two sports a year. Wow. Wow. Gee, I'm, I'm definitely moving to Canada then. I, I, I would just be on uh, all the time. I, I, actually, one of um, the networks on our uh, cable here, Foxtel, uh, I've been watching sort of in the last couple of months because they've actually been showing a lot of the World Cups for all the winter events. So, you know, we've had like the Freestyle Skiing World Cups, the Snowboarding World Cups, the Alpine Skiing World Cups. And it's, it's really good to kind of like flick the channels. They even had like the Biathlon World Cups, you know. And I mean, that's literally a sport that no one in Australia has ever watched, even during the Olympics. I think we've maybe probably had like two athletes that have ever been from Australia that have competed in the biathlon. Um, and that's probably, we've got about as much chance of winning an Olympic medal in the biathlon as Canada does at winning an Olympic medal. I don't know in what's something you would never win an Olympic medal in Colin, um, mm. not having snow. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a really bad, uh, comparison there, Ben, but, um, it's just, it's been exciting being able to watch it. But again, Colin, I can imagine half of those are just, you know, primetime TV on a Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, even right now, you know, we're on the last days of the NHL and even considering like we have our afternoon coverage, curling is so big here that on TSN, which um, there's five separate TSN channels, that's our our version of ESPN, on the five separate channels, you can get at least two channels any given day for the last month, month and a half that's showing the world championships of curling. It, It went through two weeks of the women's world championships and now it's going through two weeks of the men's world championships and it's not just during the canadian stuff i mean i think it showed switzerland against the united states earlier or russia against korea or something traditional rivals it's it's just exactly yeah (laughs) that age-old rivalry (laughs) uh but yeah i mean it's it's great here there's there's tons of stuff so by the time the games come on we know who all of our athletes are um (laughs) 
Uh, can you say the same thing? <laughs> well, I was going to say this to Jared, actually, because it's interesting saying that I've been watching all that coverage on, on Foxtel, but, I mean, we've got some Australians that are that have done bloody well. We've got world champions, world cup winners. I mean, Colin, you you can talk about one of your interviews you did, obviously, during the week, because, I mean, Colin actually interviewed an Australian. This is where it comes from, the yeah. fact that a Canadian has to interview the Australian. Um, but, I mean, Jared, we basically get nothing of this, do we? We really don't hear any of these winter athletes' success uh, and until they kind of do the daily preview show of the Olympics the day before they start next year. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, if it was any other sport, you can guarantee that it would be plastered kind of all over the news and you get sick of it, um, kind of like the Campbell sisters. But um, <laughs> with this, yeah, you just hear no coverage until the Winter Olympics. It's like winning a gold medal in the Winter Olympics is the only way that you can get exposure in a, in a Winter Olympic sport. I feel weird joking about the Campbellses. I met one of them uh, since we've done this show, so I <laughs> got a photo with her and a medal, the one that you didn't win in your you individual event. You won't be for a second time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time she'll ever be posing a photo with you. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's so true, Jared, with that. And what the, the, the most unique thing is, I know we've talked about this previously before and mentioned it to several of the athletes that we have interviewed uh, in the last couple of months, is that Australia really now is getting those high expectations into Winter Olympics. I'm I mean, again, it was back in the day. We obviously had Zali Stegel on recently. That was such a big deal. Zali Stegel wins a bronze medal. It was celebrated. It was so, you know, great for Australia. I remember, you know, what, three years ago in Sochi, we came home with, I think it was two silvers and a bronze, and that was a disappointing result for Australia. Jared, how is it a disappointing result for a nation that basically has as much snow as Canada has beaches? And I shouldn't say that because I know Canada has more than a few beaches. But <laughs> that we shouldn't be celebrating the fact that we can win three winter Olympic medals. Oh, exactly. I mean, those athletes should have been on a Swiss multivitamin <laughs> ad for sure. Um, but it's just that typical thing of we just we hype everything up so much, uh, get so far ahead of ourselves, realize, oh, hang on, like it doesn't really even snow that much here. Most of our athletes train overseas. We don't really have that much to do with them, and then we expect them to like go out there and win gold, and we get disappointed when they don't. Um, I think that attitude is fair enough in the Summer Olympics when expectations are understandably high. But in the Winter Olympics, for me, it's like we made it past qualification. Like, that's pretty much the Australian version of a gold medal in the Winter Olympics. Well, exactly. I mean, this is, I remember sort of, you, know, you mentioned your kind of your first ones that you really sort of paid attention to was uh, Vancouver. I mean, I, I remember, I, I do remember seeing snippets of Lillehammer. I mean, but again, this was back when kind of uh, Olympics in a, Winter Olympics in Australia were really not that well covered. Uh, and I mean, Nagano sort of broke the mould a little bit. We got a lot more of that. And I mean, Zali Stegel did mention that in her interview that she was saying that was really probably the first uh, Winter Olympics Australia really went in with a, a, a really professional sort of mindset. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I remember during those games outside of Zali, like we had so many sort of top 10 results or people doing really, really well. And it was just so celebrated. You know, it was really, really good. I mean, we ripped shit into Channel 7, but I mean, they would do it quite well back in the day, really celebrating an athlete finishing like 12th out of 14 competitors. But like, they would still be like, oh, well, they weren't, you know, last. Well done, Australia. Um, but then, like, I remember for Sochi, it was, you know, someone like Chumpy Pullen. I mean, Jared, did, I don't know if you how much you watched of Sochi. If I heard Chumpy Pullen's name one more time on that Channel 10 coverage, I was almost going to, like, jump off a Chumpy Pullen building because, seriously, he choked. He didn't win anything. But, like, I was sick of hearing his name. Yeah, a bit of a um, Matthew Delavadova situation <laughs> where the commentators just can't get enough of the name and, and keep using it. Are you, are you a Chumpy Pullen fan, Colin? 
I, I was just about to ask you, can you spell that for me? <laughs> Chumpy, C-H-U-M-P-Y, Pullen, P-U-L-L-I-N. Chumpy Pullen. It's, like, in all honesty, it sounds like, you know, a nasty insult. You th- like, you know how certain countries have, well, the way that we look at Australia, like, you just have these weird slangs, like, hey, you Chumpy Pullen. Like, that's the, that's what I would assume it is. Like, it's some weird slang from some of their semi-English country. Well, he's a, he's a snowboard cross-athlete, and he's actually, I mean, he's one of the best in the world. I'm just looking here, actually. Uh, he, he's recently got a silver in the Winter X Games. He's two-time world champion. Uh, also a gold medalist in the New Zealand Winter Games. Wow, that looks good on his resume. Um, so, but he, he, he went into to Sochi, basically, as the favourite. Um, and was eliminated in the quarterfinals. And the, like this was blanket coverage. One thing that Australian at, uh, networks do during Winter Olympics, you get sick of seeing swimming during the Summer Olympics. There's less sports, less athletes for Australia in the Winter Olympics. So it's generally blanket coverage of the one athlete that might, might win a medal that week. Um, oh, let's take a look at Alex Pullen's baby photos one more time, just ignoring the fact that there's actual Winter Olympic sports happening right now. Um, so, uh, but Channel 10 don't have the Olympics next year. It's back to Channel 7. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see that. I've just actually, so to compare the nations, because again, Colin's going to love this when it comes to covering it. Cause you know, we talked about how successful Australia had been at the Summer Olympics in Canada, you know, maybe not as successful, but it's the opposite this time around in the history of the Winter Olympics. Australia has won five gold, three silver, four bronze, a total of 12 medals. Now, in Sochi 2014, Canada won 10 gold, 10 silver, and 5 bronze. A total of 25 medals. Canada won double the medals in one Olympics, and Australia's won in all of the Winter Olympics. Uh, Canada... And I believe that was down from Vancouver, too, wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> exactly. Oh, that was a bad We're game. Like, oh, so <laughs> to- you've won in total at the Winter Olympics 62 gold, 56 silver, 52 bronze, 170. Um, I mean, is, do they have this own the podium thing going on for, for next year, Colin, and, and do they set a target of how many that they want to win, or has that not been announced yet? Um, if they do announce it or make a big deal about it, it's not public. But the Summer Games is always public because we're always trying to do better and always disappointed with where we finish. For the winter, I think it's just assumed we're going to do well. Um, <laughs> I think the own the podium thing really started with Vancouver, though, because they wanted to own the podium on home soil, and once that was done, it was kind of like, well, we don't want to be disappointed. So at this point, I think it's more just maintain and, you know, make sure you don't humiliate yourself out there. Funny enough, in Sochi, we got a lot more attention for the amount of sports we finished fourth in where we're like, we should have meddled. Meanwhile, you run down those numbers. It's like it's it's nothing to be embarrassed about for sure. It's not like we're Australia or anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> burn um yeah i I do want to add something that because you were mentioning earlier about like the media coverage and everything and how jared i think you said you have to win a gold medal to get any attention here it's funny that there are so many athletes we have that do medal that you really have to go above and beyond here to get a lot of immediate of the media attention like i think the two gold medalists that probably got the most attention you know within at least the last 10 years uh, would be Justine Deferlapointe, who won the Women's Moguls last time, which had more to do with the fact, A, that her and her sister were gold and silver, but also the fact that she just freaked out when she won, and that just kept playing on TV over and over again. So it was her personality that got her a lot of attention. And the other one would be John Montgomery, who, again, 
freaked out, like like completely spazzed out when he won, and they ended up making him the host of the Amazing Race Canada, which is the number one show in the country. <laughs> so here in Canada, it's like if you just have a really good freak out for winning, then you're guaranteed a ton of media attention. Is he the one that was it? I don't know who who did the really good impersonation of him. Was that you, Jared, or Noah, or somebody did that really good one on our? The Noah's, amazing... I think Noah's really yeah, Noah's really good with the John Montgomery. I just I was just thinking about that. Yeah, it's interesting, kind of on that sort of notion about the media coverage because I've just I mean I'm looking here, so I mean I can literally name all of Australia's Winter Olympic medalists because again we've only won twelve medals, but like. <laughs> I mean, out of all of these athletes, out of all the ones who I guess you would say you would know who they are in Australia, like every day Australian would know these athletes, Tora Bright would be number one with a bullet. I'm sure you'd agree with that, Jared. Um, yeah. You know, everybody... I agree I, with that. She gets more attention here than our athletes. Yeah, I mean, everybody would know who Tora Bright is in Australia. Uh, I'd probably say after her would be uh, Alyssa Camplin, uh, of course, our aerial gold medalist, and then bronze in Turin. And I mean, look, Lydia Lassala is known, but I still would feel there would be that many people who wouldn't. Stephen Bradbury obviously is up there, but you know, it's not, the thing with Stephen Bradbury is that a lot of that just comes down to the Aussie Larrikin. Ah, Steve-o, who got that gold? What a, what a bloke! You know, it's not like celebrated for being a great athlete. <laughs> so, no one in Australia would know who Dale Begg-Smith is. People in the, you know, everywhere don't know who Dale Begg-Smith is. Dale Begg-Smith doesn't know who Dale Begg-Smith is. Um... <laughs> Uh, David Morris, no, no one would have a clue who he is. Zali Stegel, even, you know, we obviously, I'm a huge Zali fan, I'm not going with my Zali love again, but I, I reckon you would struggle to find anybody who would know who she is on the street. And then how three other bronze medalists from Lillehammer who were on side with Bradbury, Kieran Hansen, Andrew Murtha, and Richard Naziski, no one would have a clue who the fuck they are. Uh, Jared didn't even know who they are, did you? <laughs> No, no, until I looked at the Wikipedia page right then. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was about to say, Jared, name me the other three teammates of Stephen Bradbury winning our first Winter Olympic medal in Lillehammer. Um, whereas, whereas you look at, like, say, our Rio gold medalist, you know, I mean, Mac Horton's been in a lot of things, you know, obviously the Campbell sisters. Just get, go away, Campbell sisters. Didn't they have, like, a massive TV interview on, like, a current affair or something about, like, why we choked or something like that? Uh, sounds about right. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it, like, advertised, like, it was the story of the Olympics. Now we sit down with both of them. And they were, like, crying. And it was all, like, emotional. And, you know, get over it, all right? <laughs> Just, we, we've moved on. Um, but even you've got to look at, like... I she's think this- really regretting taking that picture with you now. Like, she's <laughs> yeah. listening to it. Why did I pose with this jerk? <laughs> I got my Chloe Esposito picture. I was set. Um... <laughs> But I think even this week, from memory, the Australian Swimming Championships are on, and we're getting like lots of coverage on that live on TV. And this is just the the national championships. I don't think there's any qualification for anything this year. Uh, have you been following it, Jared? I don't really follow it too closely. <laughs> no, not really. I'm kind of over swimming. How's the Canadian Swimming Championships covered, Colin? <laughs> um, I mean, if it's going on right now, it's not being covered. Yeah, what I'm seeing. <laughs> um, because we're watching curling on three channels at once. <laughs> wow. It's What is it, like, extra angles with the curling? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how, like, how is that? We don't even get, I think, curling for three minutes during the Winter Olympics in Australia. Like, how, how can you cover on three different channels? <laughs> well, I mean, you have 
usually four games going on on the same <laughs> rink. So, you know, you got to show at least half of the games out there. And then maybe if you're lucky and they're shooting from the side, you can catch in the background the games that they aren't covering. Is, is curling like a big spectator sport? Like if Winnipeg hosted the World Curling Championships, would that like sell out in five minutes? Um, I'm probably when you got to the finals, but the funny thing is like, we've had world curling championships here and even the Canadian championships they've had, you don't see huge crowds for the most part, yet it gets big ratings. Like I just turned here right now and the world men's curling championship, it's Switzerland and Sweden. So Uh. I don't know if this is a bronze medal or something, or if it's a semifinal, but yeah, the crowd's full here, but I mean, this isn't, yeah, this is in Edmonton, it says. So, yeah, I mean, the bigger games, you get further along. But when you're watching, like, the opening rounds, I mean, you're still looking at, you know, what you'd see anywhere else. It's, like, you know, 16 people in the crowd. But yet, it's so big here. I mean, we're, we're covering it. It's on two channels right now. Two out of our five channels right now are showing World's Men Curling Championships. It, it is the Canadian version of the NRL. Nobody goes to the games, but they watch it on TV, <laughs> basically. Exactly. that's I mean, that's fascinating because I tell if I was in Canada and there was, like, a big curling event on, I would totally want to go to it just because it's, like, I couldn't imagine it would be a very crowd-engaging sport. Um, there's no, like, soccer yeah. chants and people lighting flares in the stand and getting, like, you know, <laughs> kicked out for racial slurs or things like that. I mean, you know, I well, don't think it's that passionate. Know, <laughs> my favorite memory of Sochi for the, um, the, the curling wasn't the fact that we won gold in men's and women's or the fact that the women's curling team literally play about 10 minutes from my house (laughs) it was the russian curling team which didn't do that well the women's uh russian team who had like these huge spectators in the stands that were screaming and cheering for them and stuff like that and they were commenting to the media that it bothered them because these fans didn't understand the rules of the game like that just (laughs) shows you the curlers they don't want you freaking out it's like shut up i'm trying to play here (laughs) we tried we didn't we drive past the the center of curling i remember there was like a big portrait of one of the curlers on the wall or something like that yeah that was the the saint patel curling club that's where the the women's gold medalist played out of last uh olympics right right to update our listeners who are thinking like what the hell they live on the other side of the world i did visit colin in winnipeg since we've last all been on air together and uh experienced snow i brought the first snow of winnipeg for the year to them and uh a lot of fun. Saw a lot the of cauldron fun. for the Pan Am Games from we 1999 did. here. Yes, indeed we did. We, uh, I think, promoted off the podium in some book we signed from memory, did we? Or was that bagging yeah. out Noah or one of them? Both, I think probably. That was um, Although we, we should mention, we also did go to the Royal Canadian Mint where they had all yes. of the medals from the Vancouver Olympics on display. Indeed, we saw them there. And uh, and I learned, actually, I don't know if it was with you or I went to the Mint also in Ottawa, that um, if you were to get all of the uh, Vancouver medals, like all of them that they ever gave out, and put them all together, they all form a giant image, I believe, of the uh, the killer whale, orca, the native Canadian, whatever that image was. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, respectful there to the, <laughs> the native image there. Uh, but it, it was all done deliberately. And then also the contours of the medal were all unique and they kind of like connect with each other. They did it all deliberately. It was all very well planned out. So... There yeah, I, I don't think you learned that here. If you did, I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were too busy listening to that little shit of a kid asking all the questions <laughs> to the tour guide. <laughs> Shut up, little kid. We're trying to hear things. <laughs> we have brought that up on every podcast we have. The little kid who just wouldn't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and the most patient tour guide. Well, isn't that a great question again? <laughs> 
have a lot of questions, little kid from South Dakota. <laughs> I mean, I, Jared, I think with curling here, we don't we get a lot of coverage when it comes. Is it the Norwegians who always wear the really weird pants? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. That's like our only um, coverage of it. Kind of similar to that stupid hair segment in the uh, <laughs> Summer Olympics. We just get like a pant segment. Oh, Jared's favourite segment, still bringing it up from Rio. <laughs> I whip my hair back and forth. <laughs> oh, I miss Channel 7's coverage. Um, Basil Zempler's got into trouble, actually, one of our favourite commentators. Uh, during an Olympic sport, we had the Australian Open, what, in January. Did you see all the hoo-ha that came about that when he's comparing Serena Williams to, like, Michael Jackson instead of Michael Jordan? Like, his big what? stuff up. So, basically, he's there because, like, there was Serena Williams' 23rd Grand Slam. So, Basil Zemplis is like, number 23, one of the great numbers. Also, of course, famously worn by Michael Jackson. Meant to be Michael Jordan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, live on TV. So, everybody ripped him a new one on social media. Somebody, like, locked up an image of, like, Michael Jackson in Michael Jordan's uniform. <laughs> Oh, uh, good old Basil. I like Basil. Well, actually, I tweeted Basil and asked him to come on the show, and he said he would, but I didn't hear from him after that. He probably listened to an episode, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Basil, for that. Um, the, just looking, so, with Pyeongchang, uh, are we saying that correctly, Pyeongchang? <laughs> yes, I've heard the athletes say it like that, so that's okay. what I'm going with. <laughs> just, uh, so, we're now less than a year away. We were, originally were planning on doing this about a year on the day, but uh, that was in February, and we are now in April recording this. <laughs> but just want to point it out there. Uh, I don't know, Jared, if you've seen the logo. I'm sure you've seen the logo, Colin. Probably the most boring Olympic logo I have ever seen. It is literally a stick figure star and a stick figure box. Uh, what is that? What is that, Colin? What, what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm not from Korea. Don't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> you like the you know more about the Winter Olympics. Maybe it's like a thing. I don't know. Um, oh, hang yeah. on. I, I can't find it's not this terribly here. Terribly exciting. <laughs> Until we see the mascots, and we can't really judge how boring it is. That, that is I will true. say I do. I do like like um, the. Uh, there's one I'm looking at here where they have an alternate logo where it looks like it's written uh, like uh, Asian style, like Korean writing. I kind of like that one. But yeah, I mean, just a box. I mean, there's no significance. I mean, at the same time, that Vancouver—I don't even know what you call it—the stone statue pillar thing or whatever—that made no sense to me at all until I heard it explained on TV. So maybe one day they'll be like, you know, the the great star that came down and built our four-walled box <laughs> dwelling here in Pyongyang house. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I feel. I mean, the Vancouver one. I felt though, like when I was in Vancouver, that literally was being sold everywhere. Like everywhere you went, you could buy that because, like as you said, it was it was like an actual symbol that was related to the Vancouver people or something like that. So, like you could buy that. That was a symbol. But I'm actually reading here, so <laughs> this is what the explanation is. I don't know if we're basically just offending Korean culture now by ripping shit into this really weird logo. Uh, it's a styled representation of Hangul letters. Uh, P and C-H being the initial sounds of Pyeongchang. Additionally, the left single symbol is said to represent the Korean philosophical trinity of heaven, earth, and humanity, and the right symbol is to represent a crystal of ice. Look, that's all nice and all, but it's still boring as shit. Like, that is a terrible Olympic logo. I'm sorry. Remember, do you both see the Tokyo one that they had to get rid of because it had, like, 
copied um, somebody else's. Uh, you're both Googling it right now, I can see. But it was, yeah, it was, you can hear the taping, right? <laughs> it was terrible. That Tokyo one was terrible. Their, their replacement one really isn't all that much better, but it's still better than the one that got banned because I think they found out that they had like um, copyright, copied it from somebody else in like Sweden or some other country or some different logo. Um, but actually, you mentioned the, the mask. kind of looked like, uh, I don't know even what this is. There's a red circle in the top yeah, right corner. Yeah, yeah. And, it's like yeah. an L. Yeah, it almost looks like an L. It's meant to be a T, but I think it looked like an L or something like that. But yeah. um, you mentioned the mascots, Colin. I'm sorry to say, they already have been announced. I'm going to send you Ooh. both the link in our, our box there. Uh, Suhrang and Bandaby are the official mascots. Uh, Suhrang is a tiger. Yeah, white tiger. And uh, Boorang is a, a Asiatic black bear, and they actually look like pretty decent mascots. I don't know if you. What do you wait? Think? In the, you, is this how you pronounce Bandabi? Because that's what I'm reading when it's what in the I link say, you Boorang. sent me. Su- oh, Surang. Oh, hang on. Su-rang I've just thought Surang and Boorang. Yeah, Bandabi. <laughs> you think we'd edit that out to make me not look like a dick? But clearly, we've kept that in. Uh, <laughs> Oh, aren't you looking forward to the games next year when Ben Waterworth rips shit into Korean culture? Uh, hello to all our Korean listeners out there. <laughs> That's on the best of right away. Yeah, um, let's 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 talk a bit about these masks mascots here. Um, I like Surang, uh, Boorang, or whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, Boorang's great. Uh, he just kind of looks like like I don't know dark teddy ruxpin with a with a sand hat on or <laughs> something like i don't know what this is dark you don't teddy, know teddy ruxpin, ruxpin no <laughs> you don't know teddy ruxpin I, I don't know if i've ever heard of that before in my life <laughs> all right yeah here comes another length okay <laughs> teddy ruxpin was like a toy i guess you would consider it like the first interactive toy it was an animated series but they they made the animated series out of a toy that well, you'd put like a cassette in it, and it would talk to you, and its mouth would move. And oh, uh, yeah, my sister used to have a thing like that, but it was Mother Goose. It was like you put a tape in it, and it would read <laughs> stories, and it used to scare the shit out of me. Um... Well, <laughs> if it wasn't a bear, and if it wasn't wearing a sweater, then it's not the same thing. That okay? is creepy. That bear is creepy. Yeah. It, it looks like one of those um, what's that F- Five Nights at Freddy's video game things? Like it looks like one of those things that's going to kill you. That's terrifying. <laughs> I wanted one of these so bad when I was a kid, and the show was amazing. the the show The show holds up still today. That honestly looks but like yeah, it's like... going to kill me. Go <laughs> 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 well, alone there, Jared. I mean... You think that's freaky too, right? I'm not the only one. Maybe it's an Australian thing. <laughs> yeah, that's nightmare material. <laughs> <laughs> Canadians love it, but Australians are like, ah, get it away from me. <laughs> oh, it was huge here. I got another one I'll send you where he's eating his own circuit board, it looks like. So this will give you a nightmare, especially <laughs> oh, if you God. zoom in. Really that's not a circuit board. That's a small child. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jimmy. That's little Jimmy. He's dead. <laughs> Honey, what happened to little Jimmy? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> so so what I'm gathering is that you're a bigger fang of Boorang than you are Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boorang looks sweet. <laughs> With his Santa hat. He actually... And, you, know, you go, you go. What's that moon? I, I'm guessing it's supposed to be a moon or something, but it looks like he has a bib on. <laughs> and it looks, what's the hat he's wearing? It almost looks like the Russian flag. It's like... It's white, red, <laughs> blue. It was green on there, but why is Boorang promoting Russia? 
I'm calling a boomerang. Yeah, stop Bandaby. It sounds like Bambi. Boomerang <laughs> <laughs> and Surang is so much better. You know what it looks like? It actually looks like the uh, the Moscow bear. Was that Misha? That was the the, Mo- the Moscow bear from the 89? Google that. Google Misha. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's very similar. Is, where's, the, where's the copyright suit against this that the Pyeongchang Olympics have just ripped off the Moscow Olympics? The, the Russian aspects there again. The Koreans and the oh, Russians wait, are together. Talk about creepy. This Moscow one is terrifying. Oh, now, come on. <laughs> oh, it's wait, not wait. like some belt on and stuff. Can we do an episode uh, just on the mascots? Like, Yeah, mascots. Can we get the mascots on? Can that be our next interview? Easy. Let's Sorry, bring back Easy. We're gonna bump our moguls preview because we have to get the mascots on. Oh yes, uh, the, between Easy and the the giant one eyed penises from London. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what were they called? What was their names? Uh, Wenlock. You know what? Can I, can I a story? Uh, <laughs> Can I st- tell a story as we're on the mascots right now? Since this is just an episode all over the place. <laughs> it is winter related, so let's just say that. Um, my wife loves to go to thrift stores, and I hate them. <laughs> like, I hate the smell of thrift stores. I hate the look of thrift stores. I hate the employees at thrift stores. I'm sorry for all our thrift store workers. <laughs> wow. But a thrift store, to me, is basically like the the shoppers there match the items. Like, they're all... At least 20 years past their prime, and you couldn't pay somebody to take it off your hands. But occasionally, I get dragged to thrift stores. And I was killing time trying to look around the toys for my son. You know, he was, I don't know, this was like six months ago. So he was only like five months old. And he didn't really respond to toys at that point. And I found one of the Vancouver mascots. It was like a secondary mascot. I think it's like a squirrel or a badger or something like that. It's called Muck Muck. And <laughs> of course it is. I, I wasn't even showing it to him. I hold this up and I turn over to my wife. I'm like, Jamie, look, Vancouver Olympics. And then I look back at my son Casper and he's staring at this bear, like smiling ear to ear. And so I take it away. And then a minute later, I hold it up to his face and he smiles. And still to this day, he has the exact same reaction more than any other toy he has. If you hold this thing up to him, he loves it and he smiles and he giggles. So... Vancouver Olympic secondary mascot, Muck Muck, you brought the first bit of joy into my son's heart when it came to a thrift store toy. I, I just love the fact you're just ripping shit into thrift shops. Like, I, my experiences with thrift shops in America, uh, so the girl I dated was obsessed with thrift stores. So when I was with her in Florida, we went to plenty. And then when I was in um, near Nashville with former Survivor contestant Gretchen Cordy from Survivor Borneo, she also was obsessed with thrift stores and took me to several. Oh. So <laughs> I've just ruined Gretchen, Colin's illusion uh, of the great Gretchen Cordy. <laughs> and you know what the sad thing is? Is that my wife drags me to thrift stores when we go down to <laughs> Minneapolis and we go down to Fargo and Grand Forks. And it's uh, the same thing there. I'm like, come on, it's this like this is just as bad as Canada, except they're charging us more. Why are we here? They, they do they do have a unique smell. I will say that. Um, but you, you're clearly That's not a fan of Macklemore, then, Colin. You don't like these <laughs> epic hit song. Was it Thrift Shop? He had that song, didn't he? That's how I learnt what a thrift shop was. We just call them. What do we call them? Here? Salvos, basically. Vinnie's, Jared. Like we call yeah. them by the brand. Op shop. <laughs> op shop. There we go. That's what we all op shop. <laughs> but hey there's great Vancouver. i also found that same day uh, an official vancouver 
uh, Olympic scarf. So you know what? Oh. Maybe I'll go back to a thrift store someday soon. I will wash them thoroughly before I wear it or <laughs> hand it to my son because he's just going to suck on muck muck. Jared, I love how we talk about mascots here. I, I mean, I remember having, I mean, we had what, Sid Million Ollie, or I, I still call him Sid Million Dickhead because that's what um, Roy and HG called him during the dream. Um, I had like a, who was the kookaburra? Was that Sid? That was Sid, wasn't uh, it? Ollie, I think. Ollie. I had like a little toy like a little figurine, and we've actually still got one of our coffee mugs, which is kind of the one we give to our guests when they come over, you know, would you like a coffee? Sure, I'll get you your guest coffee mug. It's the Sydney 2000 one with the mascots on it. Um, but I, I, our, our mascots weren't that bad, were they, Jared? Like, I mean, no one's sort of uh, saying that they're going to kill their children or anything. No, I think ours are pretty uh, family-friendly. I feel like I have, like, all three of them, maybe from like a Happy Meal or something. They were very big back in the day. Um, yes. Yeah, I think they're friendly enough. Yeah, I, I mean, Fatso was the star through Roy and HG in the Dream. <laughs> Everyone wanted a Fatso toy. Uh, there's actually, I, um, so also between, since we last recorded, I, w- I was in the Homebush area because I went to the uh, NRL Grand Final and I'd never actually seen the kind of all the the monuments for the Sydney games. And apparently isn't there Jared somewhere? I didn't see it, but isn't there like a, a, a bronzed or something fatso statue within the Homebush precinct? Cause it was such a big deal during the Olympics. It became like the unofficial mascot for the Olympics. Um, I don't know. Is I think there? it is. I'm pretty sure it is there somewhere. <laughs> Do you know who fatso is Colin? Are we just completely um, making you is unaware? He like, is he like chubby Scooby or whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> uh, he basically, so yeah, the dream with Roy and HG, which again, I, you really need to watch, Colin, I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched it, but you know, obviously big TV show during the Olympics of the comedians, Roy and HG, and they were so, uh, they didn't like the uh, Sydney mascots, hence why they called them Sid Million Dickhead. Um, so they created their own, which was a wombat, and they called it Fatso the Fat-Ass Wombat. So Australian. <laughs> And basically, it got to the point where actual Australian athletes, once they won medals, would get Fatso and bring him onto the podium. Um, and they got into trouble. The IOC was kind of like, oh, no, you can't have any um, non-Olympic sanctioned mascots with you on the podium. And I think they might have even done something with it in the closing ceremony kind of before it started. They had like a real joke larrikin segment before it officially started. And I think even on the Wikipedia page for, like, official Olympic mascots, it's listed as unofficial mascot, Fatso the Fat-Ass Wombat. It was that big of a deal. Um, and you probably ask Maybe any Australian. Maybe that's how Australian. Muck, Muck started. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I reckon most Australians would remember Fatso rather than the three mascots for, for the Sydney 2000. It's actually, just quickly, we'll stop talking about mascots, but I actually, this uh, Boo Boorang Bandibi, whatever the fuck it is, he's like, not only <laughs> Is he ripped off Misha? He's he's actually ripped off the bear from Sochi as well. I'm looking at the, like the Koreans not have any form of originality with their bears, or do all Olympic bear athletes have to look the same? Because the the one from Sochi, you've got that really creepy looking tiger. Is it cat? What the hell is that? A rabbit and a bear with a blue scarf that I swear is exactly what Boorang is, except it's got a moon and turned black instead of having a scarf, like. Come up with an original bear idea, Olympic mascots. <laughs> uh, see, I think they save money. They buy all the leftover Sochi merchandise, <laughs> dip it in some black um, dye, and then done. They've... That's why it's got the Russian hat. It's done. <laughs> yeah. um, 
now do we we don't really have many new sports in Pyeongchang, do we? It's kind of stayed the same. I think they've added a few sort of to the um like the ski cross and all that sort of stuff because they're generally the ones that are kind of coming across. Is is there, is there any Colin? This is a question I'm putting all of us on the spot. We should have really researched this, but. <laughs> <laughs> Can we can we have strike an edit point here? I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, actually, no, actually, no, we won't because I'm actually reading here right now. So I, I should have just gone with this. Uh, it says in June 2015, six new events were approved for the inclusion. So there are four snowboarding big air. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Um, oh, here we go, curling mixed doubles. Uh, <laughs> ooh, they're progressive in oh, curling. I hear about that. Right. Wow, uh, speed skating mass start. And an alpine skiing team event. Uh, so two events though have been dropped. The parallel slalom in snowboarding. Oh, I enjoyed the parallel slalom. Boo. Um, they were dropped to make room for big air. What the fuck is big air? <laughs> wow. Uh, that's like, yeah, jumps and stuff like that. Okay. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the parallel too, but uh, I think big air is probably going to be a little bit more exciting for your typical viewers. Yeah, they they generally sort of they're trying to get those X Games crowd across um, to basically there. So I mean, the Winter Olympics obviously only have what 15 sports. There are 27, 28 in summer games, and they're about to be about 47 in Tokyo. Uh, but I mean, it, it kind of seems weird. 15 doesn't sound that ma- many. But just going through them here, I mean, again, we'll do a proper preview show. This is, I mean, people listening to this, if you're listening to an Olympics podcast, you know the sports, but, you know, for, this is mainly for Jared to kind of catch him up on the ones that he, he might not know. Alpine skiing, that's the tradition, that's the athletics, I guess, of the, the Winter Olympics. Uh, biathlon, everyone loves a good event where you can ski and shoot. Uh, bobsleigh, brilliant. We don't even need, you know, the best. Cross country skiing, which, uh, Colin, that's just basically biathlon without the guns, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, the marathon of the of the winter Olympics. curling, oh, best sport ever. Figure skating, Australia's favourite sport to show that doesn't involve Australians. That is just blanket coverage in Australia. Uh, freestyle skiing, the sport that Australia's good at. Um, <laughs> ice hockey, we'll talk about that shortly because again, there's been some news of that. Luge, I love the luge, especially the doubles oh, yeah. luge, the most homoerotic sport in the Winter Olympics. <laughs> Um, Nordic combined the modern pentathlon of the Winter Olympics. That's that's like ski jumping and cross country skiing, or is it biathlon? What's the combined element there? Do we know, <laughs> Colin? Um, our Winter Olympic expert. I don't know. You've got it in front of you. <laughs> I stopped googling when you said I've got it right here. <laughs> um, it, it is. Uh, what is it? It's, it's definitely ski jumping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's biathlon because that that makes sense. Um, the little infographic looks like he's got a gun on his back or she. Uh, short track speed skating, the other one that Australia was good at once. Skeleton, reverse luge, uh, ski jumping, which is awesome. You know, I, I love ski jumping. That's one of my favourite sports. Snowboarding and speed skating. Uh, what's your favourite out of those, Jared? Um, I'm a really big fan of world curling, obviously. Um, not that we see much of it. And um, I like all the snowboarding events, um, particularly snowboard cross, because it right, has lots yes. of wipeouts. Yeah, I like the cross. I like the ski cross, too. I'm glad they brought that in the other year. Colin, it's a stupid question to ask you. You're Canadian. You like them all, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I've made it painfully clear at this point, though, like moguls, freestyle <laughs> skiing, that's that's my number one. And then hockey, number two, obviously. But, I mean, I don't think there is a single winter sport where I'm like, eh, I'll skip this one. You know, there's... 
there's no uh, sailing in yeah. <laughs> winter's <laughs> I, I will correct myself. It's actually cross-country skiing, not biathlon. Sorry to all our Nordic combined listeners listening out there. Uh, I, but, like, in all seriousness, that is the modern pentathlon. Any any sport that can combine sports is, is awesome in my books. I'm waiting for Australia's uh, Chloe Esposito to come through in the... Uh, the Nordic combined. Like you thought, Australia was shocked that we won gold in modern pentathlon. Wait till we wake up and see Australia's won gold in Nordic combined. <laughs> I'm just pumped for the day when we have a slalom curling combination. Oh yeah, like, that's gonna be spectacular. <laughs> Mogul's ice hockey. That would like just make yeah. me excited. <laughs> Get to the end of the the event and have to shoot a puck into a net. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just it's such a. Gl- I'm I'm with you though, Colin. Like. There isn't really a sport, like, if I'm watching the Olympics next year and all of a sudden they're like, and we're going to now cross out to the figure skating. Like, that'll be one I'll groan about maybe the most. But I'll still watch it. Like, you know, it's still a Winter Olympics sport. Uh, but, yeah. It's... You still have a future wife to find. So, of course, you're watching it. <laughs> hey, exactly. And they're more generally of a legal age than the gymnasts. So, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's pretty good. I, I mean, I, I nearly found a future wife in Jamie Saleh back in 2002, but um, she... Oh, everybody remembers her, yeah. What's she up to these days, Colin? You're Canadian? I'm sure she's on the news every... Is she, isn't she the Kardashians of Canada, surely, by now? Or... Yeah. Uh, no, I Googled... Quickly Google, Google it! <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put anything other than her name, but hey, you know, you might as well throw it in Google if you want. Uh... Actually, I just have actually Googled her. Actually. Wow, she posts for FHM. Just uh, bear with me, keep talking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I mean, every once in a while, you'll see her pop up on, you know, different commentaries and stuff like that. Um, she. I have a feeling she's married to somebody, not the guy she was uh, with. But who is she married to? Uh, not me. No, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was somebody important. Uh, well, definitely Simpson, not me. Yeah. So. Yeah, Craig Simpson. He's. Um, uh, Important. Very, he's very, very <laughs> <laughs> he's a commentator now, but uh, I know he was uh, a player for the Oilers back in like the old days as well, I guess. Uh, of course he was. <laughs> yeah. So former former hockey player and current uh, commentator on CBC, that's who she's married to. I actually think I did read about them once, and I because when they, I think during Salt Lake, people have no idea what we're talking about. I'm, I don't even know. Jared, do you know what we're talking about when we say Jamie Saleh? <laughs> they fan. were the um the 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 pairs figure skaters in Salt Lake City the Canadians and they ended up winning silver and it was booed because everybody knew they should have won and then they eventually found out that some of the judges had been bribed to give the Russians gold Russians, so they upgraded them to shared gold. Yeah, yeah. So it was hugely controversial. Um Now you remember, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. there. Jared's like, "Oh, that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like uh, my recognition with Bumpy Salinger or whatever his name is. <laughs> Bumpy Salinger. Wow. <laughs> Jumpy's name just Jumpy keeps changing. Boorang and Bumpy, Bumpy Salinger. <laughs> I hope we get an interview with Bumpy Salinger. Welcome to Off the Podium, Bumpy Salinger. <laughs> That's what he's going to be referred to on from now on, next year when he wins gold. Oh, great gold medal by Bumpy Salinger. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think I, I read about Jamie Salane because they weren't together, were they, during Salt Lake? But then I think they got together, and checking here, they yeah they had a kid together. Then they got divorced, and now yeah. she's with that important ex Oilers player. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, now Slash that we great commentator. Yeah, of course. Now that we're giving. Seriously. 
Go, yes, please shut me up. Say, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I mean, if you haven't thrown her in Google, then do it now. That'll shut you up. Um, all you do is put her name into Google. And it's funny because back when she was figure skating, she seemed like very modest and polite and everything. You throw her in Google now, and it's like all, you know, semi-nude FHM <laughs> poses. And, like, that's... You don't pu- pu- put her name... Jamie Sally FHM, Jamie Sally Bikini or whatever. But that's all that comes up with her. Like, like man, Craig Simpson's been good to her. The, the one thing I will notice, that I've shared an image in our chat here of her looking very nice in a white From pair that, of... Yeah, Google search. But uh, have we noticed the website, which I'm kind of creeped out, is pics.wikifeet.com. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, there's a wikifeet.com. I don't know what to think about that. Uh, now, we, we will tease a little bit about ice hockey. I, I guess kind of, again, we will do a really full preview before the, the Pyeongchang. A bit more professional, perhaps. We've only got about 11 months to prepare for that. But I guess really the big news that has come recently for the Winter Games... Uh, obviously, the NHL have allowed players to go to the Winter Olympics since Nagano, so they've sort of turned it professional, similar to what they do, like the basketball and the, and the summer games. But um, they've announced that they're not going to have a, a break next year for the uh, for the Winter Olympics, basically meaning that players who, you know, professional players in the NHL are basically going to have to stay in the NHL. Uh, I'm not sure, Colin, in terms of whether or not some of them will want to be released to go for the Olympics, but essentially this means that we may be back to an amateur form of, uh, of ice hockey at the Olympics next year. It's, it's a pretty big thing. Yeah, you know, we, we talked about this, uh, in relation to tennis at the beginning of Rio about, you know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that we have these very professional sports. And I think in, in some cases like tennis or like hockey, people go pro so young that you really don't have an option. I mean, you, you kind of want to have the best athletes and everything. I remember when they first did this, I was kind of on the fence about it, you know, any year since, obviously, I look at it, now that we're winning, <laughs> now that we've had all these golds, I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. But I mean, when I was a kid, I remember loving the idea of the amateur athletes and you're not seeing people you'd seen all the time. So in a way, it's a good way to get exposed to different players. But I, mean, I don't know of a lot of instances where, you know, somebody was 25, 26, you know, not an NHL player really huge in the Olympics are like, hey, the Leafs just picked him up or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I I guess ultimately you want to see the athletes go somewhere. And it's unfortunate that if you only do have all these non-professional athletes in hockey uh, in a sport where it's not like basketball, where it only really benefits America to have them in there. (laughs) You know, this is like Canada, uh, Russia, Sweden, the United States. You have a lot of countries and it's going to completely mess things up. And now we're looking at putting together teams with only a year out. I mean, I really wish that this, if they had made this decision, it would have been maybe a couple of years ago and not this close to the games. And what's the reaction been like in Canada? Has it been generally people like, oh, you know, fair enough, we want them to keep playing in the NHL, or are people up in arms about this? Because, I mean, personally, from my opinion, I think this is ridiculous. Like, I think, I mean, ice hockey has a world championships every year. It's not like, you know, where they have it every yeah. few years. So the Olympics really is the pinnacle of, uh, you know, international ice hockey competition. So this this is a pretty big deal, and I, I don't know how, how Canada taking this. Uh, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to really get different reactions. I mean, I know I'm hearing a lot of people saying, oh, this is kind of disappointing and everything. Uh, 
I'd like to do more research to find out all the reasons for this. The most interesting thing is that um, on Hockey Night in Canada, which is like the highest rated sports broadcast in Canada, I was just watching and uh, the first segment has Don Cherry, who's a former hockey player and coach and probably the most famous Canadian in the entire country. And he has just this segment commentating on hockey and they touched on it. And he was saying that he's the type of guy who's always really pro players and that this is something that's more disappointing for the players. But in this instance, he's supporting the decision and that's just kind of surprising. So I don't know if there's more going on. You just have to do more research for it. But it's just strange that somebody who normally would be all for let's send them to the Olympics is saying no it's not a good idea. Because you, know, you only really want need to take like a two, three week break during the middle of the season. That's obviously because, you know, the NHL season is on at the same time. And I think I read it was something to do with mm-hmm. the, the International Olympic Committee wasn't willing to provide funding or fees or something along those lines for the players when they usually have and something along these lines. But, um, yeah, it's just... In all fairness, it, do they need it when you're at that level? Well, when, exactly. You know, the I'm, worst player on the team is clearing, you know, six million a year? I'm sure Sidney Crosby's like, no, I'm only going to the Olympics if the IOC pay for me. Uh, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> so you need that, Sydney. But it's, I mean, it's just, it's really going to be interesting. And I, I feel this is something that people aren't maybe, if they don't really think too much of it, I think they will come February next year when we've got, you know, Colin Hilding is suiting up for the uh, the Canadian national team at the Olympics because they can't <laughs> find anyone else. Jared and I have been I recruited by Finland and Sweden. A, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be a bad person if that happens because I'm one Canadian that does not know how to skate. Wow, and I thought I was bad that I couldn't know how to skate. You're Canadian. You should, you're born and put on the ice, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. You walk on it non-stop, but you don't You don't have a need to skate if you're walking and sliding. Can you skate, Jared? Can I skate? Um, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> well, so we do know that out of all three of us, Jared is the one who will probably get selected. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. It's definitely... Yeah, interesting. But, um, you know, again, we'll see how we they feel about this in February next year. Now, just a few other things we can touch on. Uh, unless, you know, Jared, anything else out on the Winter Olympics before we move on? I should really ask this first. Uh, not particularly. No? Didn't want to bump anything up there with Bumpy Salinger on your thoughts on how he's going to go next year? Or? <laughs> no. Okay. I, I think Bumpy Salinger um, is probably not a good shot at the medal. Uh, oh, 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 big call, big call. Wow. We'll definitely go <laughs> well, over that. What about Chumpy Hoodoo, or whatever his name is? <laughs> Chumpy Hoodoo, uh, also probably not going to see his name uh, in connection with the podium. <laughs> we have to, we have to tell me what the real name is. I honestly cannot Chumpy remember. Pullen. Chumpy Pullen. Chumpy Pullen. Chumpy Pullen, okay. How Australians actually Chumpy. don't know these names more often? Because our winter athletes have very unique names. Chumpy Pullen, uh, Tora Bright, Dale Begg Smith. It's <laughs> not like John Jones. You know, they're very unique <laughs> names, basically. Uh, Colin, anything to add on the Winter Olympics before we touch on a few other things? Uh. I guess just going back to what you were talking earlier about the, how the media coverage is so different, you know, uh, we will talk more about it in a second, but you kind of teased earlier, I did an interview with uh, uh, a, a huge Australian athlete who's dominating like nobody's ever dominated in uh, a winter sport. And I asked her in the interview about, you know, what the media attention is like. And she's like, well, there's not really a lot of media attention here just yet. And I think she's kind of anticipating, yeah, maybe once the Olympics comes. And yet here in Canada, 
she's all over our news and it's not even a Canadian athlete. And when you look up interviews of her online, you're finding interviews that she's done on Canadian networks. So it's, it is kind of funny that there's such a huge difference there. Do, do you want to say who it is or? Well, yeah, well, I guess we'll tease that now. So <laughs> one of the things that we want to do is, I guess, preview these different sports that are going to come and some of the athletes who may be there next year. And, uh, I kind of lined up my favorite sport, as I said, moguls, as a bit of a preview sport. So we have two interviews coming up. We have a Canadian, Andy Naughty, who finished fourth this past year, who was probably more than any interview we've done. Like, we're big fans of, you know, Survivor and being able to talk to Survivors is great. You know, Ben and I did an interview with a Bond villain who was also in Die Hard, two of my favorite movies. And yet I, I was more fanboying for Andy Naughty. <laughs> the number four female mogul skier than I have anything else. And then also following that, uh, I also interviewed Brittany Cox, who's the number one female mogul skier. And again, just talking to her about like the differences and what like, it's like in Australia versus what it's like here in Canada. I mean, it was really interesting just to see <laughs> that there's not that much attention just yet. And yet she's able to succeed despite not having this huge amount of media attention. Now, how do you spell, is it Andy Noddy or? Yeah, N A U. Okay, I've I've typed in Andy Noddy N O D D Y, and I've got a picture of a little kid cuddling the Noddy character. Uh, oh, so, that's her. Yeah, <laughs> not quite sure if that's the same person, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I, I I find that fascinating. The fact that when we've been organising the interviews, Colin's like, "Oh yeah, I've got Brittany Cox." It's like you know, this Australian. I'm like, oh, I knew who Brittany Cox is. I'm sure Jared, you're a huge Brittany Cox fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's just, it would be interesting. That'd be like me saying to like Colin, oh, I've got a D2 with Penny Alexiak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, we wouldn't say no to. Hello, Penny, if you're listening. I know you liked one of our statuses, I think, during the games, whether that was legitimately your yeah. page or not. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, we're, 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 we're going to have more. Um, a few lined up, of course. Um, we actually did track down one of the other uh, the people, one of Stephen Bradbury's teammates, <laughs> Kieran Hansen, and we we're hoping to get him lined up at some point. And I actually did speak to uh, the the great, the fantastic, uh, and I've gone completely blank on her name right now. Yana Pittman, <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> the great, the legendary. She's so Are good. you ready for this, people? This is a name you will never forget. They're so important. They are so big. They are so amazing that their name will stick with you forever. Except in my head. I'm stalling here. Ben, you forgot to mute it. Uh, again, any professional podcast would edit this out, but no. Um, Yana Pittman, the great Australian herder turned bobsledder. I believe the only Australian athlete to ever compete in the winter and summer games. Got her lined up in the coming weeks too, so uh, stay tuned. Watch this space. Uh, we've got lots coming. A few other things to touch on. I keep saying this. Uh, Commonwealth Games, we want to cover them next year. Uh, they're in Australia, of course. They're now officially a year away. It was the year uh, to go anniversary this week, I believe, April the 4th fourth and uh i'm excited uh i actually uh am can i just point this out i got a friend to nominate me to carry the queen's baton torch i'm in it i'm gonna carry it it's gonna be the closest i haven't been selected yet but um, i'm at least in with the shot i'm in the pool so people listening from the gold coast federation i host an olympic podcast I once started a bid for the Olympics. It turned a bit more serious than I hoped it would. So I've got credentials for the Commonwealth Games. So <laughs> I, I also want to add to that, that Winnipeg is getting the Canada Games this summer, and oh. I will be in attendance 
for some of those events. The Canada Games. May or may not, <laughs> may or may not be able to see future Olympians up close before they become too cool to ever do something like the Canada Games. Probably like Penny Alexiak, who will probably not appear there this year. So, so the Canada Games, is that just what, so like the middle tally is the provinces? Like Ontario is yeah, doing exactly. a lot better than Manitoba. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need that here, Jared. We, 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 could we have the Australia Games? You reckon you think that would be a thing? Oh, I'm all for more sports, um, particularly when it's state versus state. So, yeah, I think that would be good. Well, that's actually a pretty good idea. And, you know, of course, New Zealand would be like, oh, include us. It's like, shut up, New Zealand. Uh- <laughs> you know, the only thing with this is that I think you you have to be, like, under 21 or 22 to compete. They have, like, an age cutoff. And so, like, people like Andre DeGrasse this past year, you know, he was in the last Canada Games. So you do get future Olympians. The only sad thing is that you get people like Penny Alexiak, who's, well within the age range to compete, and I almost guarantee she's not going to have the time to do the Canada Games. And and is this like, do you have different sports in it that aren't in the Olympics, or are these kind of like Olympic sports, basically? Or um, I think it's mostly Olympic sports. Uh, I can look it up right now if you're really that interested. I can, I can hear you Googling it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going to take longer than I thought. <laughs> is, I mean, is it a big thing? Like, I mean, is this something that is, like, hugely covered? I mean, how, and how does Manitoba go in the Canada Games? Uh, honestly, it's not something that I ever really watch. <laughs> <laughs> Except when it's in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if the TV coverage is that big for it. I mean, you know, we will have some. Um, but, like, even just looking up right now, you know, they mention some of the... Um, uh, you know, athletes who competed in the Canada Games and then went on to, you know, win with like Cindy Clausen, Sidney Crosby, uh, Adam Vancouverton, Steve Nash, who's, in, you know, of course, an NBA. Uh, mm-hmm. like, some big athletes do start here. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really get a lot of TV coverage. I'm sure there'll be something, but that's, I want to be there in attendance because I might not be able to turn on my TV because they're going to be covering reruns of March's curling games. <laughs> Sometime in the middle of June and July. I'm just actually looking here. The last ones were held in the great place of Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke? Sherbrooke, Quebec. Um, And Manitoba finished eighth with three gold, 11 silver, (laughs) 21 bronze. You really are the Canada of Canada. Um, Yeah. And And we have sailing in it too. Maybe I'll be there for some sailing. Oh, you you beat your great rivals of Prince Edward Island. Um, But (laughs) Ontario, Jesus, they are really the America of the Canada Games. They won 95 gold, 69 silver, 49 bronze. And Quebec were in second. And oh, poor, is it Nanavut? Is that how you say it? Um, Yeah, that too. The the Yukon and Northwest Territories sadly didn't win any medals. But Newfoundland and Labrador uh, won a silver and a bronze. There's a place called Labrador? What? (laughs) Well, Labrador is a a city. It's not a province. Is there there lots of dogs there? I've never been there myself. I wouldn't know. <laughs> so Newfoundland and Labrador is the most easterly province of Canada. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Wow. We're learning so much here. Um, Jared, who's your tip to get the most medals at the uh, Canada Games? <laughs> um, I think with a name like Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> Very loyal. Probably got a good shot. There's no Flin Flon. Oh. They're part of Manitoba, but they should be on their own. 
We, um, if we ever start this Australia games, Jared, I mean, clearly New South Wales will probably win the most medals. Um, but look, you know, Tasmania, we might win a bronze. I'd be happy for that. Go us. <laughs> if we sent Kim Brennan, we'd win gold, you know? Come on, Kim. Um, that, that would work. Uh, but yeah, we were talking about the Commonwealth Games, weren't we? A year to go. <laughs> Jared, well, excited the Olympics the... before that, I think. <laughs> Are you excited, Jared, for the Commonwealth Games? I am excited. I think um, it's a great chance to win some medals. We talk about pressure going into the Olympic Games, pressure going into the Commonwealth Games is that much higher um, because nobody really competes in it. Um, yeah, and it's just great to see some sports that aren't in the Olympics. I mean, lawn bowls, how is that not in the oh. Olympics? Um, great addition to the Commonwealth Games. So looking forward to that. I'm just looking here, actually, the Queen Batons Relay, in all seriousness, this looks like it covers more than the uh, the Olympic torch, because it already started, I mean, again, a year out, and it's got the international map here I'm looking at. This I don't know if this is going to, like, every single Commonwealth country. It is going everywhere. It's coming to Canada, Colin, um, the 27th of July to the 2nd of August, and it will visit Vancouver and Toronto. So if you really want to go see the Queen's Baton Relay, off your pop. Um, you got try for a few days. <laughs> yes, but um, but I, mean, I know it's going everywhere in Australia. I'm sure it'll probably come to everybody's house in Australia. <laughs> it's just like that's the map that it's going to. Uh, is, is how are the Commonwealth Games covered in in Canada, Colin? I mean, uh, to me, the Commonwealth Games are kind of each time they're on getting forgotten about more and more. I mean, literally the 2022 ones have been stripped from Durban, and there's nobody to host them yet. So, um, <laughs> how are the Commonwealth Games treated in Canada? It's hit and miss. It really depends. They may have a lot of coverage on it one year and then nothing the next year. Obviously, when it was here in 94 uh, in BC, it was huge and you could watch it you know, around the clock on TV. Um, I think the last time that I saw it, and it may have been on since then, but maybe just at odd hours, the last time I saw it was the last time it was in Australia. And that was what, like 10 years ago? Melbourne, 2006. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that is Australia's games. I mean, <laughs> You're the number one country every single time. I don't think I... Except for 2014. Fuck you, England. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Canada, this is our year. Well, the thing is, it's like, I've always, yeah, the the sole reason I really love the Commonwealth Games, I mean, again, I get behind any multi-sport event, you know, particularly the Canada Games. I'm looking forward to those. But uh, it's... um, it's yeah this is i've always said it must be how america feels at the olympics because we generally kick ass and it's like this is like the one games and again i'm sure the blanket coverage in america you know oh we only won 17 gold today i mean that's basically what it's like for australian Mm. coverage of the commonwealth games Uh, a bit of a disappointing day today in the commonwealth games for australia only 33 gold uh we were definitely aiming for 50 so uh we're very sad about that but yeah no 2014 we were beaten Jared, I don't know if you remember this day, but you and I at least have been alive on this earth long enough to never have to see England beat us in anything, and particularly at the Commonwealth Games. I mean, this was this was a day of national mourning, wasn't it? Oh, indeed. It's the um, flow-on from uh, London 2012, all that money that they put into their sports um, rubbing off. But, I mean, enjoy it while it lasts because it's not going to happen again. I really hope it doesn't because we can't do two in a row. I think it was like the first time in about 30, 40 years since Australia hadn't topped the medal tally. Uh, we, England, yeah, 174 medals. We had 137. Canada in third. It's not often Canada gets third in a medal tally, is it, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's the Winter Olympics. True. 32 gold. How is it to Canada? 32 gold in a summer multi-sport event. Wow. How do you not like this more? <laughs> 
I mean, I think we got 32 gold in the last Canada games as a nation as a whole, so I mean, <laughs> at least I'll level with that. I'm looking here at the 32 gold that you got. Um, the great Canadian gymnast Patricia Bezobonko. Uh, oh. One, two, three, four, five gold medals. Wow! Go you! Do you know who Patricia is? Like, she's right up. She's right up there with Chumpy Ludley or whatever. <laughs> He's got a different name every single time. Um, I'm looking at the sports you win gold in. So, oh, look, Canada won a gold medal in badminton in Glasgow 2014. <laughs> Michelle Lee, is she a national hero? <laughs> I've, I've got a frame picture of her right above my <laughs> I'm sorry, but any any maybe we do not to cover the Commonwealth Games. Any multi sport event that Canada can win a gold in badminton is just <laughs> warped. Um, wow, that's crazy. Did Australia win a gold medal in badminton? If we didn't, something's wrong. Canada can't win it. Oh, this is going to be fun. But yeah, we we really want to cover. It. And look, I I in all seriousness, um, I'm hoping to go to the Commonwealth Games because you know I've never been to a multi sport event myself. Missed out in Sydney 2000. Missed out on Melbourne 2006. Jared, you at least I think went to the Olympics. Whereas, like, uh, would you be interested in going to the Commonwealth Games, Jared? Or you really don't give a shit about it? <laughs> uh, I think I'd rather watch from the uh, comfort of my lounge room. <laughs> he was inviting you, Jared. That was very yeah, rude. Jared. <laughs> Hurts my feelings, Jared. <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, to... if you can get tickets to the sold out badminton, then I'm in. But um, if not, then there's a no go. Well, look, we didn't win any gold in Glasgow in the badminton. Canada got one up on us. Um, we did win gold in squash, so <laughs> that's good. I'm, I'm I'm holding out for the lawn bowls. That's that's my uh, go to event. We talk about curling lawn bowls. Uh, anything? What else have we got here to add quickly? I was going to mention uh, you, of course, had a great interview you had recently, uh, Colin, with Evan Dunphy. Some news actually coming out during the week. There's a very high likelihood that the 50 kilometer race walk is to be dropped from Tokyo 2020. Evan Dunphy's tweeted out during the week to get you to sign a petition. We we will get behind this because obviously Jared yeah. Talent, our greatest ever uh, athletics medalist in the history of the olympics he's in danger of not being able to win five consecutive medals uh i mean this is this is pretty pretty big here colin no 50 kilometer walk what's going on there and, and i'm seeing this all over the place not just you know evan dunphy pushing it but it, that's making pretty big news here too i think in large part because we're like we were this close to a medal <laughs> let's hold on to whatever we have enough with these fourth place finishes but I think it's sad if you eliminate any sport and something like that. Like I really like the endurance ones. I understand that you're not going to get as many people watching it. Uh, you know, ratings aren't going to be great, but those are kind of the most trying events and it's just grueling what the people go through and race walking, particularly because they have a crowd there. I think it's a lot more interesting than some of the other ones. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be all for, you know, actually even checking out a race walking event if they had one, as we learned, Evan Dunphy had one in there in Hobart that you probably noticed uh, <laughs> I a few years ago when you were there. I did listen to that. He said it was like the hottest day we'd had on record. And um, yeah. it did sound very Hobart, the fact that you're going down the street and all the people in the pubs are just there. And um, 
Yeah, actually, I think I do remember the the event because I I do from memory. I I mean, one of the the classic interviews we played was with Jane Savile. Obviously, you know, we've we've gone over her before, but I, I think it might have been around about that time because I do remember Jane mentioning uh, about the national championships being held in Hobart. So obviously, Evan came down for those. I think he was mentioning. So if that's the same one, then hey, there you go. <laughs> You I were would, one of the hecklers. I would gladly... One of the uh, drunken hecklers. Well, that's just a Hobart way. Everyone's drunk and heckling. You, know? <laughs> you, you land at the airport. Well, I'm in a fucking Hobart, wanker. Uh, <laughs> just throwing stuff at you. Uh, Jared, you you don't want the uh, removal of the... I know you're a huge 50-kilometre race walk fan. Oh, absolutely. And I just... I, I don't know why they would um, consider getting rid of this over the 20Ks. I mean, I, I understand <laughs> yeah. that there's issues with scheduling and timing but i think just combine the two into one and you get to that 20k mark and then you decide am i gonna take the medal in this or keep going for the 50ks i think that's kind of the happy medium that we're looking for it's actually a semi-good idea jared that's that's entertaining like does the race leader risk it like (laughs) i'm winning right now would i rather win the i mean you probably would risk it because you're about to win an olympic gold medal it's a stupid thing to say ben but uh, (laughs) no i'd rather win a 50 kilometer one (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like something out of deal or no deal. <laughs> Do you wish to take your gold or risk it for another? Uh, <laughs> there you go. There, now we've got some viewers. Hey, that that may, you know, have Andrew O'Keefe pop up? Or is, is there a Canadian deal or no deal with a Canadian host? Or did you just get the American one? Well, I mean, there actually is a Canadian deal or no deal. And our host is Howie Mandel because he is Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. He hosts it- both. I'll see, he's the American. Okay, I didn't actually know who the fuck Howie Mandel was, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> just like you had no idea who Andrew O'Keefe is. Um, now, <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Finally, the one thing that... I mean, this is the biggest news out of all of the Olympics, saving the best for last. There's controversy happening amongst two of the big sporting bodies heading into Tokyo 2020, uh, fighting over who will lay claim to stand-up paddleboarding, which will be included in the 2020 Olympics. Now, both the International Surfing Association and the International Canoe Federation are claiming that they should run this event because surfing, of course, is going to be included in the 2020 Olympics. They're saying that they have organised competitions for years and it is a surfing sport. However, the International canoe federation are saying no fuck you surfing it's got a paddle it's automatically canoeing um so jared are you hashtag team surfing or hashtag team canoe um listen i'm gonna have to go hashtag team canoe here uh i think they make a great point about the paddle um obviously the paddle was originally for the canoe so i don't think you can uh, take that away from from that sport and i think that yeah they've got a good point they've they've run a lot of events they've got the backing they've got the history uh give it to them i say colin what 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 side do you go on here well i mean canada's had some successful canoe athletes in the past so i'll (laughs) international surfer (laughs) well i mean i remember back in the days of playstation 2 who's that uh surfing guy who got his own tony hawk style video game do you remember that uh yep i do but i don't know his name I think it's Kelly Slater, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, it's Kelly Slater. I, I thought there was, an, there was another one I think I was thinking of. I mean, we all know who Kelly Slater is, of course. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm waiting for the Adam Van Coverden's Extreme Canoe <laughs> video game, so I'm all on board with Canada's second national sport canoe. Yeah, I'm definitely hashtag Team Canoe. Uh, I think surfing can't lay claim to this. I mean, unless it's on a beach with a giant swell. 
Um, generally, I'm assuming this is going to be like on a flat lake or something like that. Um, standing up. I mean, that that actually is a, a fascinating sport that you stand up. I mean, I can't even balance on like a skateboard that's on the ground. Uh, let alone something balancing on water. So, uh, yeah, uh, people listening, please uh, tweet out hashtag Team Canoe or Team Surf. Uh, we'll see what we can do. Um, this is Let's a, get this trending, people. It's such a weird thing to debate. It's like, you know, the International Swimming Federation, the International Athletics Federation. No, the 100 metres is ours. It's like they're different people. <laughs> um, but we'll keep an eye on it. Who will win that battle? Find out next on Off the Podium. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I've actually just Googled uh, Great Canadian Surfers. It's literally come up with nothing. So. <laughs> Did you mean Canadian curlers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's good. Comes up with Google. What the hell are you Googling? <laughs> But uh, we're super glad that we're back here. We'll, you know, don't know when our next collective group episode will be. I'm sure it will be sooner rather than later. Maybe <laughs> not. Pyeongchang. Uh, but yeah, we're obviously going to have lots in the meantime. Colin's got a couple of those great interviews coming. We'll have more. Jared, you got any interviews lined up for us as well? <laughs> uh, I don't, but um, I think I might have to get in touch with the um, Canoeing Federation to, to get a more in-depth <laughs> report on, on their bid for um, stand-up paddleboarding. I, I, I look forward to your interview with the, the person in the mascot suit of uh, Boorang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's it like being Boorang? Uh, who? <laughs> Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun and thanks everyone listening Jared thank you for being back it's it's all seriousness it's good to hear your voice on this show and uh, we look forward to hearing it more in the future no problem it's been great to be back had a lot of fun Colin to you as well thank you it's good to be on an episode here with you as well even though I've kind of heard your voice a lot in the last couple of months with different shows but uh, they're also available for iTunes thank you Colin and uh, yeah please next time we come on please keep updating us on uh, how Bumpy Salinger is going as well yeah, I- I'm sure he's doing just as good as Clumpy Moodier. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, please, everybody, send us in your your favourite Chumpy Pullen name. <laughs> Coming soon to ChumpyPullenNameGenerator.com. <laughs> Guess which one's his real name and you will win a prize of a stand-up paddleboard. Uh <laughs> But you can, of course, like us on Facebook. Uh, just search Off The Podium Podcast. And uh, iTunes, subscribe to us on there. That's generally a good idea. Leave us feedback. I uh, notice we did actually have some ratings on iTunes, which I really should have uh, prepared earlier. So you could have read them. And they weren't all ones that we posted on there too. So <laughs> I'm, sure I'm can... Googling it right now. You... I'm sure I can quickly pull it up. I, I'm not going to tease people. I mean, I think there's literally three on there. So... <laughs> It's not like it's going to take too much time. Um, oh, actually, hang on. We've got four on there. What am I going? Uh, so, In all fairness, we, we were a two-week podcast <laughs> up until like a month ago. <laughs> and our other podcast, the Oz Network, also available by iTunes, has none. I just think we have one. So, like... <laughs> Uh, anyway, people clearly take, think we talk about the Olympics better. Uh, the Shedmeister, I believe that's our good friend Catherine. Hello, Catherine. She says, after taking a hiatus from Survivor Oz and no new episodes of Eurovision, which I'm still sad about. Jared, we need to revive that, I feel, next month. Um, Indeed. It's nice to hear Ben back on the... Oh, thank you, Catherine. Oh, isn't that sweet? She doesn't like you too. Um, Thanks, Catherine. Colena. is going to cancel Survivor. Is this you, Colin? Colena uh, says, Ben, Colin, and Jared have a lot of fun watching the Olympics. 
No serious commentary, just the fun that you would have chatting with friends on the couch watching all the events, except for sailing. No, that doesn't really say that. But <laughs> that's what we do. We're all sitting on a couch watching the events. Um, John John 81 so good love hearing their take on Rio light hearted and funny deserves a gold for their efforts the Thomas Back comedy is gold that lasted for like one episode John uh, and ooh I want to take ya is awesome bring on more <laughs> <laughs> forgot about ooh I want to take ya um, oh I can't wait to best of episode and Carly Oz these guys should be doing the official commentary well I don't know about that but we'll take the job if it's going Carly <laughs> <laughs> and a big thanks to all our family members for posting those um, ratings. Uh, you'll get an extra slice of cake at the Christmas table this year. Uh, you, you can join in with John John, Shedmeister, Chloena, and Carly and Oz by leaving some ratings for us. Um, <laughs> a lot of chumpy pulling names, I expect, on iTunes in the coming days. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back soon with the great interviews that Colin did and some other ones and everything else in between. This is Off the Podium. And let's fade out with a bit more sigh. Thanks, Bumpy Salinger, for being alive. Good night. Good night.